When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Studio 12, your podcast home for Texas A&M athletics. Studio 12 is driven by your Texas Ford dealers. Ford is built to lend a hand. Your Texas Ford dealer can assist with home delivery and other vehicle service options. Let us do our part and help take care of you. Howdy, I'm G. Guerreri, and I've been the head soccer coach at Texas A&M for more than a quarter century. The Aggies have experienced some incredible accomplishments over those years and won hundreds and hundreds of games and many, many championships. All that success doesn't just happen. It comes from a collection of special people doing extraordinary things in front of the best college soccer fans in America. This podcast is about some of those special people where you get to possibly learn something new about them and their life away from Aggie soccer. So here is our latest off the pitch podcast by another very special man, the voice of Aggie soccer, Dr. David Ellis. Well, thank you, G, and welcome everybody to another edition of Off the Pitch. And we are joined by one of my all-time favorite Texas A&M soccer players and maybe the individual who who was responsible for the two biggest goals in Texas A&M soccer history, and that is Allie Bailey. And uh, Allie, welcome. It is great to hear your voice. Thanks, David. Excited to chat with you. But let me first say that um, those goals were great, but it definitely was um, an awesome team. <laughs> Well, it was. It was. We had a great collection of uh, players, and and uh, and and your uh, the class, the 2014 class uh, that you were a member of, uh, just well, I mean, so many great players uh, that that uh, maybe one of the in terms of the totality of the class, maybe one of the finest classes to ever come through Texas A&M soccer. So, uh, all right, you are in New York City right now, sort of the epicenter of this uh, pandemic, uh, the coronavirus that uh, has got all of us in the United States uh, 
to some degree or another affecting our lives, but there you are right there in the middle of it. So I'd be remiss to not ask you, number one, how you're doing, and number two, uh, having lived in uh, New York City uh, now for several years, what's it like now versus, uh, quote, normal, unquote? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy to say the least. Um, it's strange being in the city that I know so well that um, is usually so busy and happening all the time um, with everything pretty much being closed. Um, a lot of people have left town. It's just really quiet and eerie, um, but I'm doing good. I'm staying busy, um, working from home, uh, a lot of FaceTimes um, and catching up with friends and just, uh, you know, working on different things to keep myself busy. So I'm doing good. It's definitely crazy to be here, but I almost um, wouldn't want to be anywhere else in a sense of like sticking through it with um, the city that I love so much and that has kind of become my home the last few years. So you're originally from San Diego and uh, your family's still out in, in, in California. Um, do you ever miss uh, being a California girl now living in the big uh, in the big city? Of course. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still a California girl, and um, of course, grew up in San Diego my whole life. And my family is now um, in Los Angeles, which I definitely consider a home. Um, yeah, I miss it out there. Of course, I um, you know miss my family and friends and the weather. Um, but thankfully. Um, obviously up until recently, I've been able to go home, um, pretty often and see my family for holidays, um, and different, you know, sort of events and things. Um, and my family also, uh, comes and visits me a lot in New York city. So I feel like I'm seeing them all the time, which is definitely nice from being so far away. Um, obviously right now that's not necessarily the case, but as I'm sure, you know, everyone is kind of trying to stay connected the best they can with family and friends all over the country and the world right now with, you know, Zoom and FaceTime and um, all the different ways that people can stay connected. So I've been able to do so with my family pretty, pretty frequently. <laughs> so let's just kind of catch people up on your career progression, your journey that you've been on since you uh, left, since you graduated from Texas A&M. And I, and I can start out by saying, uh, I had the, the pleasure of having you as my broadcast partner for a season, and, uh, and that was, a, number one, a lot of fun. But you did a, a, a great job, and I swore when you left Texas A&M, you were going to go into the broadcasting business, but you've still kind of stayed tangentially involved in things, particularly in sports, right? Kind of bring everybody up uh, to speed on, on what you've been doing. Yeah, so um, it's actually super interesting when we were working together on the broadcast um, of the Aggie soccer games, which was so much fun, and I definitely miss doing that with you. Um, I was still in school at the time. Um, so right before that, um, the summer of 2015, um, I was playing in the NWSL for the Houston Dash for that season, um, and then came back to College Station that fall to finish out my last semester, which was when we were working together and calling the games, um, right. which was awesome, and traveling with the team to do the radio broadcast for the away games. Um, and then I graduated December of 2015 and moved back to uh, back home, which was LA at the time. Um, and shortly after that, started working at NBC Universal out in the um, LA office, um, which was awesome and a really, really great experience. Um, I was working on a creative partnerships team, which was kind of like under the ad sales umbrella at NBC, but 
more on um, the sales production side, uh, which was awesome, amazing, uh, really, really great team out there. Um, but once I stopped playing soccer, it was always kind of like a dream and a goal of mine to live in New York, live and work in New York City. Um, and that was very top of mind. Um, and I had a really great opportunity uh, to move out to New York. And I can't believe it. It's this May. It'll be three years um, to work at NWSL Media, which uh, is the business commercial arm of the National Women's Soccer League. Um, oh. And so I started working out here in New York um, in sponsorship sales um, and media partnerships for uh, the NWSL for about two and a half years, um, which was a great experience, um, obviously with my background in soccer. Um, sure. it, was, it was really awesome for me to kind of learn like the business side of sports with a sport that I'm very familiar with. Um, so I, I was working there and then a little over six months ago, um, I got a new job at the NBA National Basketball Association um, in the Manhattan office here, um, which was a great next step in my career. Um, I work on the media partnerships team, which is uh, in the global partnerships department. Um, and I love what I'm doing. I have a fantastic team um, and it's exactly where I want to be right now. So I, I feel really lucky um, with where I'm at. So you kind of grab it, you know, you, I mean, you had a, incredible career in college playing for Texas A&M and then got to play, uh, uh, you know, what so few people do. You had an opportunity to play uh, the sports you love at a professional level. And then after that, kind of stayed involved with sport uh, on the business side of things. Is, is this kind of where you see yourself staying? What, what, what kind of direction do you see yourself going over the next 5, 10, 15 years? you have any kind of plans in that regard? Oh, <laughs> oh that's such a good question. I wish I knew, but um, I, I don't know. I, I love where I'm at now. I'm very, you know, it's challenging. Um, I'm growing um, and I, I love the MBA. Um, it's actually funny. And I think, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I actually come from a big basketball family um, with right. my, great uncle Jerry, um, being a very successful coach, um, well, so, at a number so, of, at a number of yeah. universities, <laughs> um, yeah, so, but specifically, well, what was that? Your uncle, tell them who your uncle is in, in case they may not know. Um, so Jerry Tarkanian, my mom, that's my mom's side of the family, the Tarkanian side, um, that we're very close with. Um, and he, my uncle Jerry is a very competitive, very successful, uh, college basketball coach. He had a short stint in the NBA, but um, mostly uh, college basketball coach and won the um, NCAA championship with UNLV 30 years ago this year. So that, yep. that 30 year mark was, I think, just last week or the week before. So um, whenever we had our, or we still have our Tarkanian family reunions every summer, um, there's always basketball and competition involved. So, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it, it's interesting, you know, obviously working in soccer on the business side, but switching over to, um, now working in basketball almost was a little bit of a natural transition for me, just given, you know, my love for sports. Um, sure. and you know, I, I've always been a huge fan of the NBA too. So, I want to go back and turn the clock back just a little bit and talk about your time here at Texas A&M because you you were 
a member, as I mentioned at the at the very start of one of the one of the outstanding classes uh, at Texas A and M uh, in terms of three of the top ten goal scorers uh, uh, in Texas A and M soccer history are from that class in terms of Kelly Minogue and uh, Shea Groom, Andy Coons, and you were just right outside of the top ten. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a remarkable class. Uh, and, but you, as I mentioned, participated in one of the biggest moments of Texas A&M soccer history uh, back uh, in a contest, a quarterfinal match against Penn State at Ellis Field. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, what you remember about that game. That uh, I'll go ahead and give away the ending so people know where this is going. But uh, the Aggies win, uh, de- defeat Penn State, one of the uh, premier soccer teams uh, in the country. Uh, to, and the Aggies move on to the Final Four for the first time. But uh, talk about that game just a little bit and what you remember about it. Yeah, so um, I guess I can start with just like that season in general. I think there was a big feeling among, amongst the team just with, you know, nine seniors, um, how important and special that year was going to be for all of us kind of going into it. And I think we all knew that and wanted to make sure that we were every that everything we were doing from the very beginning of the season, which really started for us that spring before the fall, um, was you know to the best absolute best of our ability. Um, and we just wanted to make sure that we gave everything that season because we just we knew what our potential was and how strong the team was that year. Um, specifically for that Elite Eight game. Um, I think it, it. what's really interesting kind of looking back on it is that we knew no matter what that that was our last or our, as I'm saying, um, you know, for the team, but specifically for our senior class, that was our last game at Ellis Field. Um, and that's a really, really interesting and unique position to be in, knowing that, like, essentially, no matter what happens, this is our last time playing on this right. in front of our fans and in front of the 12th man. So um, we we were excited. We knew how important that was and how badly we wanted to win, especially at home. Um, and I think that the game result kind of showed that. Um, I think we had scored the first goal within the first five minutes of the game, which just kind of set the tone and showed the excitement that we had coming out of the locker room to start. Um, well, to be a little, I hate to interrupt, Allie, but let's be a little bit more specific. It was, you scored the first goal of the game. Uh, and it was four minutes and 49 seconds into the contest, but uh, the assist went, I think, to Annie Coons. Uh, tell us a little bit about that about uh, that goal that put Texas A&M up top one to nothing against Penn State. Yeah, I mean, I I don't even have to see video to remember this. Um, I think Annie <laughs> had a through ball on the right-hand side um, towards the end line, and she had kind of cut the ball back on the ground um, across the six and the six yard box and um I remember starting kind of starting my run towards the back post and then um adjusting my speed to kind of beat the defender that was marking me to just get anything I can on the ball to poke it in the back of the net um and thankfully I think I had like a half of step on her um and I was just able to get enough enough on the ball to kind of um catch the keeper off guard too um And I want to say that even after we scored that goal, we had a little bit of a a delay in the game. Um, I think the goalie had had some time to that she had on the ground before she got back up after that. Um, Right. But 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I vividly remember it. I remember, you know, the 12th man was awesome. That game, I think a lot of um, A&M soccer fans said that that was like the loudest they had ever heard Ellis Field. Um, and I, you know, obviously remember the confetti and stuff, but we did score so early in the game that we still had almost a full game left to go. Um, and that was very, you know, much the mindset after the first goal. Well, and then, of course, the, the, the uh, first half ends uh, 1-0 with the Aggies in front. And then uh, I think in the 52nd, 53rd minute, uh, Penn State comes back and scores there early on in the second half to level the score at 1-1. Mm-hmm. But then it was about four minutes, five minutes maybe later that you found the back of the net for the second time uh, in the game. Tell us a little bit about that goal. Yeah, I think that, like I, like I said, I feel like when we scored early, we knew that we still had, it, you know, there was a lot of most of the game left and a lot of time and, you know, a lot left to happen. Um, I don't think we, I don't remember us, you know, getting too rattled when Penn State scored. I think that we still had our same focused uh, mindset um, and re- responded the right way to their goal, um, which I remember being quite a good goal too. Um, but I, 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 it's something that, you know, we were just so in the zone that game and nothing was really going to throw us off. And I think the team as a whole, you know, the group that was on the field and the group that wasn't at the time was just like all on the same page about what we needed to do. Um, and I remember that feeling, um, and I remember Shay um, had kind of like a volley pass and she kind of dumped it into the box. Um, and I I'm was at, just- I'm at Shay Groom. Right? Shay, yeah, Shay Groom um, kind of just hit, hit, hit a ball in a dangerous area, um, kind of in between the back line and the keeper. Um, and I just, I just remember trying to do everything I can to just get something on it. Um, and, and, you know, thankfully we were able to get the second goal to secure the win. Well, and I think, you know, you, you, you mentioned this, what was a really important point. Uh, Penn State had been to the, to, uh, had been at that level uh, playing in those kind of games for, for years and won a number of national championships. And, and uh, this Texas A&M trying to go to their first Final Four. Uh, and when they came out and scored to level the game at one early in the second half, I think one of the important points that you mentioned was the team did not get rattled. And in fact, you kind of demonstrated to Penn State that you were in it to, to, to win uh, when you came back and scored just four or five minutes later. They didn't, they didn't get to build any momentum, I guess is what I'm saying, off of their goal. You came back and reestablished the lead uh, in very short order. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and that's not to say that, you know, they – I think outperformed us in some parts of the game, but um, we knew what we needed to do to, to get the win. Um, And I remember saying this after um, that game too, that like, it was such a team effort throughout the season, Um, you know, winning the SEC uh, league title and then winning the SEC tournament and then making it to the final four. But like, it's been, I guess, five year, or I guess this fall, it'll be six years later, I'll say the same thing of there was an amazing group of women um, that, you know, played at A&M on the soccer team every year before the 2014 season that like 
helped carve the path for us to be successful to make it to the final four that year. Um, and that's something that's, you know, traditions, the mindset, the Aggie soccer mentality that we have at practice um, and, and with everything we do. And I'm just such a firm believer that that win that night, um, that Elite Eight win against Penn State was, you know, not just the 23 or 25, however many people we had on the roster at the time, it was every single Aggie soccer player who's been a part of the program helped get us to that final four. Well, I, I, I think you're right, Allie, that that tradition was built over a, a long period of time, but, but you were one of the, uh, one of the key elements uh, that uh, allowed Texas A&M uh, to be successful that season and throughout your four years uh, here at A&M and, uh, and its success that the program has just continued to build on. Uh, it, it has been an absolute blast to talk to you today. I, I'm just, you just made my week, Allie, and it was great to visit with you. Appreciate it very, very much. Oh, you made my week, and I, sh I sure do miss College Station. Um, I miss Aggie soccer, and I, you know, I, it's on my mind a lot. And, you know, those were, you know, committing to Texas A&M was the, at the time, you know, the best decision I made, and I will always stick by that. There's no other university um, I would have wanted to go to. Um, it was the best experience, and being a soccer player at A&M is uh, first class. And, you know, if there's anyone listening that's thinking about playing soccer at A&M, there's not enough great things I can say about the program, um, especially, you know, a young girl coming from San Diego at the time. Well, Allie, again, a pleasure to talk to you today. And uh, you stay safe up there in the big city, okay? You too. All great, right. Great talking with you. Same here. And that's Allie Bailey, uh, one of the uh, finest players to uh, ever represent Texas A&M on the soccer pitch. And we have been had a pleasure. Uh, it's been a pleasure to visit with her today. So for Allie, I'm David Ellis. Thanks for listening to Off the Pitch. Goodbye until next week, everybody, and gig them. Thanks, David. This is Coach G again, thanking you for listening to these stories surrounding Aggie soccer. To learn more and keep up with Texas A&M soccer, you can visit 12thman.com and aggiesoccer.com. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Off the Pitch and that you'll subscribe, rate, and tell your friends about the podcast. So until the next time, thanks and gig them.